Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. For me, you know, I hope to see him as, as soon as possible. I, I think our participation amongst the whole team has been so good that, uh, you know, we're able to get great work in. Would love to have him here, obviously. Uh, but I think uh, as we work towards minicamp, we'll have a, a real clean-cut plan of what that looks like and, and uh, hopefully get him some work. And, and, and I know a lot of the guys will be excited to see him. Olgad, former lead Vikings beat writer from the Star Tribune host of Purple Daily, one of the top, most highly rated, critically acclaimed football podcasts in America, asking the tough questions yesterday. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when your star receiver is not there, voluntary or not, I think it's pretty important to at least inquire as to the whereabouts of said star receiver. Yeah. So uh, hopefully uh, they get a contract done at some point. We talked about that on Judd's OTA observations episode of Purple Daily yesterday. And, you know, we may have stumbled into a new a new Vikings segment here. On maybe we can do it across both shows. Vikings Nuggets. We just have, like, a couple things here. Nothing that's, like, worth getting into for 40 minutes or anything like that. We've got some Vikings Nuggets for you here at the end of May going into June. And that date is important for one of the Nuggets. But, gentlemen, let's start here. ESPN's Bill Barnwell. So he's, like, the analytics guy, right, for, for ESPN.com? Yep. I think he used to be a football outsiders guy, and he oftentimes will just do, like once a month, he'll just come out with some crazy article, 32 crazy trade ideas or whatever, right? And so his latest big, juicy, you know, thousands of words article is he's ranking all 32 teams based on sort of analytics, based on his perspective, and he has the Vikings, uh, sorry, uh, their, the offseason activity. Yeah. And he has the Vikings offseason ranked 20th out of, 32 teams, mm-hmm. so not very good. And he feels like the Vikings should have made a bigger commitment to one lane or another, either tear it down and build up draft capital or maybe, I don't know, keep more of your veterans. I don't know. Here's the write-up. What went wrong for the Vikings this offseason? Okay. The Vikings didn't make a bigger commitment to contending or rebuilding Given a difficult cap situation, it's tough to feel as if they have a great handle on what sort of team they're going to be in 2023 or 2024, given that they just won 13 games while being outscored by their opposition. Basically saying, total fluke 13-win season. Mm-hmm. They moved on from Kendricks and Thielen, but held on to Harrison Smith. They were willing to keep Zadarius Smith and Dalvin Cook on the roster into May, 
when that cap space and cash could have been budgeted somewhere in March to get, you know, football players to help you. Mm-hmm. Is this fair criticism from Bill Barnwell? Well, I think it needs to be deconstructed a little bit because the last part I think is f- fair to question. I mean, Cook and Smith, if you hadn't paid them their bonuses, could have been let go in March, and he is correct that that, that cash at that point in time could have been budgeted elsewhere. So, yes, I think that's a decent gripe there. But his overall philosophy, I think, I'm sorry, Bill, you're you're too late. Like, if you were going to pick this as the path of of this is where the Vikings and Quazy blew it, it's a year ago when we were all suggesting it might be time to tear things down. And the Vikings are like, no, 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 we're going to bring everybody back. And they won, fluke or not, they won 13 games. Um, now, I actually, beyond the Cook and Smith thing, which, by the way, I don't like egregiously. It's not like, oh, my God, they screwed up. They're, but that point I get. But the rest of it, no, I don't agree because here's the thing. They clearly have elected to try and, right or wrong, and it might be wrong, slow cook the moves a bit. But we talked about this before the moves were made. In our opinion, Harrison Smith, at a reduced salary, had more to give Thielen or Kendrick, so I think we all agreed we're basically cooked. So I actually think that Bill is a year too late in the criticism. A year ago, I said, okay, you got a new GM, new coach. Tear down as much as you possibly can. And they said, au contraire, Judd. Au contraire, former Star Tribune lead beat writer. You know not of of what you're speaking, young man. And they didn't. So I think Bill... Barnwell has a decent point at the end, but his overall synopsis, I actually don't agree with. Well, real quick, like you, you touched on it, and I'll just read this sentence again. You know, this is this, and this comes on the tail of basically Bill Barnwell saying the Vikings have an identity crisis. They they don't know if they're contending or rebuilding. And one of the examples is, well, they moved on from Eric Hendricks and Adam Thielen, veteran football players, but then they held on to Harrison Smith. So, like, what what? There's, here's three veteran football players. Why would you do the same thing with two of them and then something different with the other one? Because they're different players at different arcs in their career. You could argue Adam Thielen is darn near completely cooked as a, as a number one or number two wide receiver. He should not be a starting wide receiver on a team that aspires to go deep in the playoffs, right? Eric Kendricks can't keep up in coverage anymore. He's still pretty good against the run because he knows where to be, knows what gap to be looking at. Harrison Smith is still one of the better safeties in the NFL. He's still one of like the top 10 or 15 safeties in the NFL. You can't say that about Eric Hendricks and Adam Thielen. So I guess my biggest gripe is, okay, just because you decide, yeah, we're definitely getting to the end of the rope with some veterans here. We have some cap problems. Therefore, get rid of everyone over the age of 30. I'm fine with the Vikings being selective and saying, all right, let's uh, let's save some cap space with these two guys. Harrison Smith as the only veteran defensive back on this team, right? I mean, literally everyone else that's going to get playing time at safety or at cornerback is under the age of 26, basically. Mm-hmm. And he still has gas in the tank. So just like you can't just lump everyone over the age of 30 into one bin and say they should either get rid of all of them or they should just maybe they should. It's his other argument that they should have kept Kendricks and Thielen to keep pushing forward? I mean, I, th- that's where he kind of loses me with this write-up. I also think that we could a- actually have a discussion here be- because, and I will defend Bill. I'm sure he wrote these for each team. Screw Bill Barnwell. <laughs> so he's like putting everything, you know, the Falcons next. Now I got to do the Cardinals. How about the Vikings? Uh, so I'll defend him a little bit there, but um, he is wrong. 
they are not confused at all when it comes to the path. This is in no way, shape, or form a rebuild. This is what they called it a year ago. And we can disagree with this, but it is an attempted competitive rebuild. And it's unfor- a retool. Yeah. It's a re- cause well, but competitive I mean, rebuild is a little bit of an oxymoron. Can we yeah. just say that, like, they're reloading retool. on the fly? Yes. I, I mean, and, and this is for a long time how the Vikings have sort of Vikings themselves, right? Which, which is we're going to retool, we're going to retool. Okay. So you're always pretty good. You're, you're certainly competitive, but you're not good enough to be great. And so now you're drafting 20th or you're drafting 18th or 22nd. So, I disagree completely. Like they know their path. There is no question. If they if they wanted the if they wanted the true rebuild path, you hire Ryan Poles. He comes in and strips this thing down, probably trades Kirk, and this team is terrible. They did not want that. So I don't think that there's like a confusion here about what's the direction. You're you're right, Phil. It is a competitive retool. And that is what the Wilfs, I think, mandated and wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's too surprising what they've been able to do so far. And I don't think that they are handcuffing themselves where even in 2024 they can't pop back up and and figure out still how to win football games and and to figure out long-term solutions at important positions. Um, They're setting themselves up as it stands right now that they're going to run back this offense that's still pretty dang good. They're going to plug in one of the most respected defensive coordinators to tune that thing up, and they're going to go from there. They have so many unspoken and and uh, unproven players on the defensive side of the ball that they're hoping that Brian Flores can develop a couple of those guys. And you have some of those questions answered, right? I mean, they have a cornerback room that is completely unproven, but they're banking that hopefully one or two of those guys answers those questions and becomes starters. And I don't think they're in a spot where they're just completely handcuffing themselves, where they're just kicking cans down the road and they can't even compete or have long-term solutions to figure out in 2024 either. I think we've sometimes the analytics crowd in the NFL, of which I feel like I'm kind of one of them because that's I, I never... I quit football in eighth grade, so like, yeah, what, you didn't what else play do the I? Game. Yeah, what else do I have yeah, besides like statistics? But sometimes you, the analytics crew can go a little far in the black and white of everyone over the age of thirty is worthless. You should either be completely all in on rebuilding and getting as many draft picks as possible, and just and losing and tanking, and or you should be all in the other way. It's like. There is something to be said for, and we will talk about this a little bit on Purple Daily today because there's an Albert Breer actually went, sat down with Kevin O'Connell for SI.com, and they opened up a little bit behind the scenes about their philosophy. But I don't think it's, it's not like a video game where, okay, strip it all down, go win two games, get the number one overall pick, and then you rise back up like a phoenix, right? They're, these are human beings, too. You're trying to build a culture. You're, so I understand what the Vikings did last year, especially watching it play out, which is, hey, let's let's start with a winning culture, and then maybe we can do what the Steelers have often done or what the Chiefs have done, which is we'll just sort of we'll find quarterbacks on the fly. We'll go find our Ben Roethlisberger, go find our Patrick Mahomes while still winning games. You don't have to strip it down, finish with the first or second overall pick, and then rise back up, in fact, I'll venture to guess that that strategy, whether intentional or not, leads to more firings, more losings than than people probably remember. It's easy to say, like, oh, they should strip it all down, get the number two overall pick, have one bad year, and then bounce back up. It's not that simple always. So, I don't know. Um, Do you guys think, before we move on to the next nugget here, do you think the Vikings made any missteps this offseason? 
for them to be ranked 20th out of... Th- I get that they didn't make, like, huge, splashy moves. Their first signing was a run-blocking tight end. I get that. But for them to be ranked 20th out of 32 teams, is that more because they just didn't do anything splashy? Or do you think that they made a misstep of some kind? Well, the only the only true misstep I see is Zadarius, in my opinion, I would have cut in back in March. Once Cook had the shoulder surgery, he was being paid that, which is genius of, of, of him because it becomes uh, that bonus became guaranteed upon the surgery. Uh, so, no, I don't think that they made missteps. But to go back to a thing that Declan said, too, I think it's very important that we set the correct narrative about this defense right now, okay? Because we're going to hear about I – because mean, it did suck. It, it was terrible, okay? But this isn't just about developing players. This is about developing a system that's going to wreak havoc. And if it works, what you're going to see is your cornerbacks are not going to be exploited nearly as bad because the pressure on the quarterback is going to cause that player to make some bad decisions. So this is really, like, this is not Brian Flores coming in to necessarily be a star maker or or develop a couple of players. This is about a philosophy that is going to be a 180 of what we saw. And I think it's very important to point that that out, because offensively, you always have star players. You always have, you know, Justin Jefferson. And defensively, you certainly can overtime as well. But this is really, dare I say it, if this Vikings defense does what I think the Vikings internally think that they can, the star of this defense is going to be Brian Flores. This is going to be a, this is going to be a scheme. This is going to be an attitude. It's going to be a system. And so it's not going to be, you got to find, you know, Brian Asamoah has to become Eric Kendricks and Eric Kendricks is prime. You were talking about, I mean, when I saw them going in the two OTAs that have been open, the speed at which they are going in the spring, I don't think I've ever seen before. Are they going to get, are they going to get a, a violation? We don't want to talk about that. Are we gonna, I'm not going to get him in trouble. I'm not. No, you're not going to get me to get him in trouble. Just no, him in trouble. You, no, no, no. You're not going to get. No, if I said that they were actively kicking each other's ass, that would get them in trouble. And I'm not saying that. Uh, but they are. They are definitely before June hits. They are definitely cultivating an attitude defensively that is, I'm sure, a shock to some of the same people that were in this defense under Donatel. Yeah. So I don't. I just my my last point on this, and then we can get to the latest on Dalvin Cook, is that. You can compete for Super Bowls without tanking. And there's plenty of examples around the league of teams that just reload on the fly. Obviously, if you find your quarterback, then you have the luxury of retooling your roster for maybe 10 or 15 years like the Packers did. But this notion that they didn't commit enough to rebuilding, um, I think that was, I agree with you up front. That that was more of an argument maybe for last year, not necessarily coming off a 13-win season. Okay. All right, another Vikings nugget here. It's Vikings Nugget Wednesday on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. The latest on Dalvin Cook. So uh, I was watching uh, this morning when Jeremy Fowler came on ESPN, and he basically said, keep an eye on the Dalvin Cook situation the next couple days. So today is May 31st. Tomorrow is June 1st. June 1st is a big deadline in terms of when you make a transaction with a player, where the cap money gets allocated to. So, for instance... If the Vikings were to cut Dalvin Cook today on May 31st as a pre-June 1st cut, they would save $8.2 million to the cap for this season. I'm sorry, they would uh, they would save $5.8 million, I should say, 
eat $8.2 million, but then they'd be free from Dalvin Cook's contract beyond this season if they made that cut today. So they would they would eat a little bit more in dead cap this year, but they would be completely free of his contract next year. If the Vikings decided to cut Dalvin Cook tomorrow or designate him today as a post-June 1st cut or any time after tomorrow, it would sort of flip. They would save $9 million this year, $5 million in dead money for this year, but then they would also have $3 million in dead money on next year's books. Now, Jeremy Fowler also said it's more likely that a trade takes place with Dalvin Cook. So if you do a pre-June 1st trade, if you trade him today, here's how the cap money would situate. You would save $8 million this year. You'd pay 6.2 in dead, and he'd be completely off your books for next season. If that trade happened tomorrow or any time after, you would save $11 million this year, eat $3 million, and then eat another $3 million for next year. So there's the shell game of different things that could happen. He's training in Florida right now. We've heard rumblings about Dolphins, about other AFC teams. So we're officially on Dalvin Cook watch the next couple of days. I wonder if the delay also could have uh, to, to do with the accounting and bookwork of the team that gets him. Because be. post-June 1st, it, it clearly would change things for that, that team as well. So I wonder if that's the thing. You know what? What's intriguing about the uh, Cook situation and certainly goes back to the Zadarius Smith trade as well, too, is it does show the premium that Quazy is putting on trying to get some draft picks. And it, that could be to couple them in a different mm-hmm. trade. But we are, it, I think with... Zadarius, it's very obvious that the Vikings weighed, okay, we could free up more uh, room in March to sign, you know, a free agent um, and allocate that money elsewhere or just wait and trade him and get draft picks. And they clearly you know chose the door Zadar- two. The Zadarius thing may have been, I guess, if we go back to the first question of the show, did they make any missteps? They didn't actually gain draft capital with Zadarius. They, they gained... They gained positioning because they, they wound right. up trading two draft picks and Zedarius to get two draft picks. They just wound up they getting better positioning. Yep. Yes. So he would probably say, yeah, I mean, it w- I think it was the equivalent of like netting a fourth round pick yep. in, in the move ups, which, okay. So maybe they, they technically netted a fourth round pick. And so, yeah, with Dalvin, I don't know. What are you going to get in a trade at this point? If, if they can come away with a fifth round pick at this point, I would probably just take it. If it was like fifth-round pick or you can take your chances on door number two, I, I'd probably just run to the bank with a fifth-round pick. A fifth-round pick would be great right now. I'd take a fifth-round pick yeah. in a heartbeat. Yeah. But I but I do think that they, they definitely put a priority on draft positioning as well. And my guess is that they do that because what they got for Smith from Cleveland probably in their mind puts them in a better situation to make trades during the draft to try and go up. So, like, it's... Do- it's an inter- it's an interesting philosophy of like how to use draft picks. Yeah. Do you think any of these so the the Zadarius moving up in the 5th round, let's say you get a 5th for Dalvin Cook. My only concern and I don't know what else you'd do cuz like their value is what it is, but my only concern would be that those picks aren't really helping you get a first round quarterback. Though I don't think those picks are helping you go from, you know, the 22nd pick up to six or something no you're gonna you're gonna need to unload future first round picks but then maybe what he would say Quasey would say is 
Right, but let's say we have to give up. So let's put the fifth-round picks aside for a second. Let's say we have to give up two future first-round picks to move up 15 spots in the first round to get our quarterback of the future. We're going to want a couple extra picks in the fifth round so we can find, like, a rotational linebacker or... Exactly what he would say. You know, a a defensive player that can mix in a safety to take over for Harrison Smith at some point. He would say, you guys are only concerned about the damn quarterback position, and it's my job, Quasi's (laughs) job, to actually build an entire roster. That's what he would tell us. I have one more Vikings nugget for you, actually. We'll get to a random Minnesota athlete of the week. Cam Dantzler was cut by the Commanders yesterday. You see that? No. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, he signed. So he was was cut by the Vikings. And then, uh, let's see here. Wow. So they cut Cam Dantzler. They they put Andrew Norwell on the pup list. There was really, and by the way, these are ninety-man off-season rosters. Yeah, and was he this waived like a training from the Vikings and then and then claimed from waivers? Yes, via I, Washington. Yeah, yes, that's all. Claim, yeah, he was he was waived by the Vikings, which is also kind of weird because he's still on his rookie scale contract, does not make a lot of money, and they basically said, "We're good here. Yeah, we don't need you competing for one of these jobs." And then uh, he was claimed in March by the Commanders, and now he's headed back to the waiver wire. So. A guy that a couple of years ago, and I think last off season, I put him like ninth on my Vikings rankings because like, he come like he was a pretty good player. You did, and he was on the rise. And obviously, a few different coaching staffs have looked at him behind the scenes. Now this is now the third coaching staff that said, eh. Eh. "Didn't he have a weird thing late in the season here last year where he like was absent for a couple of games too?" Did he? I think he was got. I my my guess is that this this goes. This is not just a football related thing now, because that seems. I mean, Phil, you're right. Why would you cut a guy from a 90 man roster, and and like you haven't seen him hit, you haven't seen a training camp practice. It doesn't make sense from a football standpoint at all. What could possibly happen between? It's it's been like eight weeks or whatever since he signed with the Commanders. They've had a few workouts. He's maybe. Maybe been around the gym a couple times. I mean, like, how do you get cut from a 90-man roster, non-injury related? That's what I'm saying. Perhaps there's something more that we don't know about. Interesting. Well, there's your Vikings nuggets here. I like this segment. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's, well, maybe I'll have to mix it in weekly as we go forward here. I don't know. We got, we're going to have a bunch of, like, Wild and Timberwolves steam and segments to, to fill the next several weeks. Um, with like we're like a month away from both free agency periods opening up, but we can find room for a weekly Vikings Nuggets discussion. By the way, that discussion was presented by our friends at Finch Home Solutions, here to help you with things around the house. No question about it. They're your electrical needs when it comes to Finch. Cody and his team are going to take care of you every time. In fact, they're going to pull up in that gorgeous purple van, and they are going to do whatever you need from an electrical point of view, installation, repair, storm damage. Finch can fix it. Outdoor lighting projects, car chargers. Yep, Finch can fix that too. Flickering lights, dead outlets, which can be real problems, which can be dangerous. Finch is going to take care of that. I tell you from firsthand experience that came to my house a few months back, I had a light out in my basement, and I couldn't fix it for the life of me because I didn't understand what was wrong. Well, Finch came in courteous, quick, and as professional as they could possibly be, and they had the fix, just like a great player stepping into a pressure situation to to lead a winning drive. 
I want you to try them now. My friends at Finch can be contacted, finchhomesolutions.com, 612-357-2604, finchhomesolutions.com. Tell Cody and his team that Score North sent you. We always appreciate that. From your friends at Finch to my friends at Dennis Kirk. Actually, they're all of our they're friends all, here. All Score North friends, friends of the yes. shows. Friends of the shows. Dennis Kirk, it's riding season. It's in the mid-80s every day now. We just had the most absurd, nice weather weekend of all time. So whatever you ride, whether it's a Harley, an Indian, Metric Cruiser, Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. So you can ride more and weight less. Over 180,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Shipping is free for orders over $89. If you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right, boys, it is time for a random Minnesota Athlete of the Week here. That's right, by popular demand, we expanded the random Viking of the Week into our other daily podcast right here, yep. where uh, the three of us compete against each other. It's my turn to throw out clues this week. So it's Declan versus Judd, and I will tell you up front, this is a former Minnesota Timberwolf. Okay. Okay. To this point, Judd has a three, uh, three to uh, let's see, three to two lead on Declan. I have one point, so Judd three, Declan two. Old Macadac has one. A few of the previous random Minnesota athletes include Anthony Swarzak, Brent Burns, Randy Foy, and Matt Lawton. Dex is on a two-game winning streak. Mike Redman and Matt Lawton. We'll see if he can continue and make it three in a row. All righty. I'll throw out some clues. You guys get up to three incorrect guesses. You can shout out guesses whenever you would like, okay? This random Minnesota Timberwolf made $38 million playing in the National Basketball Association. Played college basketball in the Big West. I didn't realize this, but he was apparently forced to retire due to severe hernia and knee injuries. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a guess. Wow, I'm going to jump the I'm going to jump the route. I'm going to take a guess. Is it Luke Longley? A little too far west. Oh! He, didn't he play in the really big west? The One string. Australia. <laughs> I thought he played college guess. basketball out west. Let's see, just real quick here. I thought, I thought Luke played... Did he play Arizona? Oh, he might have. Let's see. I don't, oh, no. New Mexico. New, New Mexico. Mexico. That's the way back machine. Way back machine. Conferences. I don't know if I can name two teams in the big west. So he, I'm sorry, he retired because of hernia and knee problems? Apparently, yes. Hernia's hurt. He graduated from college with a degree in economics. Which means he saved his $38 million. Yeah. Or not. I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. Uh, his best season in the NBA, he averaged 12 points per game. Hmm. 
Not that guy. He played in 500 career NBA games. Dow. I would say about... Mm, 25% of those with the Timberwolves. But 100% of his career playoff games came with the Timberwolves. Ooh, boy. Nope. Okay. All right, so we're... All right, now. I'm going to give you this one. This is a I, this is a kind of a funny clue. So we're not... Okay. By the way, that was a 15 career playoff games, all with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. He first touched a basketball at the age of 17 and began playing basketball when he was 18 years old. Is it ne- on his 20? 20- Nestor Rostirovich? Rasho? Who? Rasho? Oh, Rasho and Nesterovich. Okay. I was like, <laughs> blending names there. It's not Rasho. On his 20th birthday, he opened the Peterson's Guide to American Colleges and Universities. Opened it to a random page. Landed on a college. Made a phone call to that college. In the Big West. And said, and said I would like to play for you. Would you like me to play for you? And they said, sure. That sounds great. He also called Georgetown and Duke, but was informed that they would not offer scholarships to him. Was this person... Although, uh, in fairness, they didn't actually send a scout to see him. They just shot him down on the phone. Well, yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> was this person born in the United States? Uh, no. This player... Figured was a former number one overall pick. Darko. Milicic. Oh, there it is. That's a good one. No, he didn't play playoff games. He didn't play any it's playoff games. not Darko. Games. You're right. Yeah, the Wolves weren't going to many playoff games during the David No, Conner. you're right. You're right. Yeah, crap. I was going to drop the S-bomb, but I can't do that. <laughs> the company doesn't like it. I mean, fair fair to say, uh, number one overall pick, who his best season averaged 12 points per game. My next clue is that he's one of the biggest busts in the history of the National Basketball Association. He was drafted. Let's see here. What clue do I want to give you? Why did I yell Tarko on? Damn it! So you're down to... One guess. Yeah, Dex, down to his last Dex has guess. two guess. Dex has two left. I have one left. Um, okay. In college, he averaged 22 points. Actually, this is in one of his seasons, his last season in college. Uh-huh. 22 points, 11 rebounds, three blocks a game. He was the conference player of the year. So I guess I guess Luke Former number one overall pick. Or a first round pick, mm-hmm. uh, the first overall pick in the first in the first round, the top pick in the draft. <laughs> oh man! Hold on, hold on! I gotta. I'm writing stuff down right now. Why were you writing stuff down? No, I'm now still. No, 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 no. I'm down. writing. Get. I'm writing. No, no, no. I've been writing the clues down. I'm now. Now I'm because I can't blurt them out. I'm. Writing guesses. Okay, time. I'll give you his NBA coaches. This should this, hopefully this helps you guys. Okay. All right. So let's see. His NBA coaches were 
Maybe this doesn't help you. Chris Ford. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jim Todd. Alvin Gentry. Flip Saunders. Flip, yep. Dennis Johnson. Doc Rivers. Yeah, Doc Rivers. He played for two other teams besides the Timberwolves. They pretty much used him as mm. as six fouls when guarding Shaquille O'Neal. The Candyman. Finally, there it is, Michael oh. Candy. Damn it, <laughs> <The> Candyman. <laughs> It's uh, Pacific University's finest, the oh. Candyman. One of the great players in Pacific University history. Didn't touch a basketball until he was 17 years wow. old. 23 years old when he was the first overall pick by the idiot Clippers oh, in 1998. Right. Oh, man. Just, let's take a 23-year-old who just started playing basketball like four years ago. This will work out really well for us. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, he became... A good, just a good, solid defensive sort of role player for the Timberwolves. So How could you not Michael give Candy. us Bellinote as a clue? Because it would have given it away. Bellinote would. There's would've certain been. clues that if you give if you give the clue, you might as well be given given the guy's yeah. given the guy's name. Mm, you know, boy, he did enjoy bolting early from the locker room to get to Bellinote. Now Kieran's across the street. Yeah, he would, God bless Kieran's, but he wouldn't be bolting <laughs> across the street. Amazing. So, all right. Well, there you go. There's your random. Declan wow. Goff, look at you, dude. Yeah. Three straight victories. Nice work. Very impressive. Very impressive. There you go. Declan has now tied Judd. So, all right, boys, we got some predictions today across both shows. It's a write that down Wednesday accountability session. And Declan suffered the single worst beat, perhaps, in the history of write that down. Can't wait to hear this. I have no idea what it so, is. Be sure to check that out.